Richard did an awesome job, and I want to piggyback on the theme because I feel the theme of what God's doing this week for Transformation Weekend. And I feel we've done this a few times, but it keeps getting clearer and clearer because, man, I'm still convinced that we're getting ripped off as the body of Christ. I'm convinced that, that we can't see something. And it's good for us to hear these things over and over and over again so they get ingrained in our understanding where they become us. So we believe it. Because the truth is that, man, everybody in the sound of my voice, if you're born again, you are sin conquerors. That you have the ability to always, everybody say always, to always walk free. And see, sin is not just the drinking and the smoking and the chewing, my pastor would always say back home, and, and hanging out with the girls that are doing the drinking and the smoking and the chewing. <laughs> but it's also not walking in love. It's the problems that you have with your spouse when you can't forgive. It's being selfish and having to react in, in, in the way of the flesh because Jesus came to give us the ability to put our flesh back in the dirt because you've been resurrected with him. Amen? And it's not just the, the pornography because a lot of times we get up and we preach about lust. Now, don't get me wrong. Lust needs to be dealt with. Probably going to talk about it a little bit tonight. But when I preach about lust, don't think it excludes not walking in love. Because you need to walk in love because that's sin if you don't. Amen? Oh, because we are called to be loved 24-7 at all times, wherever we go. And a lot of times I still think, I believe it. And listen, I'm, I'm, I know people in this room that you hear what I'm saying. You hear me. You're looking at me. You're like, man, dude, you're, you're convinced about this. But me, I'm not so sure. Because I have to go home with me. And when I go home, I know how I still talk to people, and it's ugly. I know when I go home, I still might tell a little white lie, and it's not good. I know when I go home, I'm still thinking about girls in my brain, and I shouldn't be doing that. You know, when I go home, I'm stuck with me and girls. You might be thinking about guys. It's not one-sided. Somebody say glory. <laughs> and see, you do go home with you. But the problem is you don't know the real you yet because you think you go home with you left with the problem. But if you could see who you were, you'd realize you go home with the answer that you don't go back to the mundane same old that I'm just going to be who I've always been. Christ came alive in you to change you, to transform you, to give you a new life that would give you the ability to walk in love. Which means if you've always reacted ugly, you know, I preach a heavy game, but if I ever react negatively to my wife, oh man, I get it, I get it. She, it's like, I, I, man, I say something and it, it just, I shouldn't have said that. You know, as men, we like to say things sometimes that we shouldn't say, you know what I'm saying? Oh, come on, man, you got to flex your muscles a little bit. <laughs> and sometimes I'll, me and my wife will be in these conversations and I'll get myself in a little bit trouble, you know, and I'll say something I shouldn't to just, just hits her right in the heart and it hurts everybody say it hurts. it hurts well then she calls me on it and i'm like well baby uh, you know this is this is how my daddy always was so i got some i need a little bit of time to deal with this oh but it's my wife and i'm the fat mouth preacher <laughs> and she's like this isn't what you preach you, you can't say that your dad was like this so you have to react like this because what you tell people is jesus is alive in you and you could stop this Oh, and I say, you're right, you're right, baby, I repent, hallelujah. The next time we come around in this conversation, you know what I'm doing? I ain't going to say that again because I don't have to. I'm not trying to become love. God is love. 
And as he is, so are. So that means you are. Well, if you're love right now, shouldn't you be able to react in love? It doesn't matter who pokes you the wrong way. It doesn't matter. Listen, we like to hold on to the, well, my wife told me this, so I had to say something. Or my spouse said this, so I have to react. The truth is you owe them nothing but love. Even if they react a way that is not like Jesus, it doesn't give you the, re- the right to not act like Christ. Because you are still, oh, Jesus is still alive in you, amen? Oh, we're preaching good, I could tell. Woo. God is love. And as he is, so are we. So you're not going home with you. You're going home with Christ. So stop looking at you. Because if you're really born again, there should have been some type of change in your life where you could recognize and realize that the gospel came alive in you. You were a sinner. You were saved by grace, but you were transformed to have a new life to put off the old man. But we still have it ingrained in our brains that when we go home, It's still little old me. And I want that doctrine to die because it's not just little old you. Christ is alive in you. He was the hope of glory. The mystery's been revealed. If you're born again, my God, you have a new life and it works. Let's turn to Romans 6. I know where we're going. Hallelujah. Woo! I'm trying not to lose my breath tonight. I'm going to use my phone like a millennial should. I, I, I don't really use my phone when I preach, but I'm starting to do it and I like it. I got my Bible up here just in case this fails. <laughs> Romans 6.1, it says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Paul is very clear and answers this question. They know a lot of people in the body of Christ want to say they want to love God but sin all they want. And Paul eradicates that immediately in this one verse. Should we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Now, I want you to pay really close attention to the next couple of verses. How shall we, everybody say we. How shall we that are dead, and dead, listen, dead means dead. If I'm driving down the road and I run over a squirrel, you know what happens? That thing ceases to live. It's a little graphic, but it's a good picture. Dead means dead. Everybody say dead means dead. It says, it says that God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? And then he asks a question. This is the same question that's burning in my heart that I want to ask every single born again person. Know ye not. Do you not understand this? Can you not see this? Do you not recognize and realize? Know you not that so many of us, everybody say us, as we're baptized into Christ Jesus, we were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead to the glory of the Father, even so we, everybody say we, even so we also should walk. Everybody say walk. Oh, stay with me. Even so we should walk in newness of life. For if we, everybody say we, if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, do you know this? Knowing this, do you know this? 
Knowing this, do you know this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we, everybody say we, should not serve sin. For he that is dead, dead means dead. He that is dead (laughs) is freed from sin. Now if we, everybody say we, we're going to do this all night. (laughs) Say we like you mean it. Now, if we be dead with Christ, then we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. Death has no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. So likewise, based on everything that I have written unto you up until this point, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Do not let sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Oh, when he says likewise reckon, man, I feel like that's what I'm trying to get you to do right now. Let's come to a conclusion. Let's make a decision. Let's make a reckoning in our mind that we conclude that we are dead. Everybody say dead. You see, dead means dead. If you really died with Christ, if you really got born again, listen, sin really died. It doesn't live anymore. If you be buried with him in his death and raised with him to newness of life, you are given a command to immediately start walking. There's no progress here. There is no path in front of you that says you need to attain to become this in the future. It says if you got born again, you went down in the grave. You came up a new person and you were given the ability to put off sin. Oh, and it's alive in you and it's working right now. I know you could feel it because I'm hitting your spirit. Somebody say glory. Glory. It says that you are dead to sin and alive unto God. And he says, do you not know this? Can you not see this? Most people that I still talk to, you know, in Romans 7, oh, let me catch my breath. Everybody just chill. (laughs) In Romans 7, he says, the good that I want to do, I can't do it. But the evil that I shouldn't do, I end up doing. I conclude now that it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Most people that I know that are born again still talk like that. The problem is that person wasn't born again. So you know what we all should be saying? The good that I want to do, I'm going to do it because I'm no longer evil. And the evil that I shouldn't be doing, I'm not going to do because I'm born of God. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that liveth in me. So I conclude that I walk in righteousness because I'm bound to who's alive in me. Oh, and he's pushing out this law of life, this law of freedom, this law of victory, this law of power that could give you the ability to say no to whatever the same old you're going back home to tonight. The question is, will you believe it and walk in it? Oh, everybody say, I will. (laughs) I'm getting excited. You see, dead means dead. We need to reckon this. It doesn't matter if you're struggling with lust. It doesn't matter if you can't stop yelling at your wife doesn't matter you know if you flip someone off in traffic traffic and you got to cut them off and uh, some curse words come out of your mouth oh don't get too quiet now (laughs) 
It doesn't matter what the issue is. Don't worry about the issue so much as always talking to him and not me. Listen, sin is sin across the board. Anything that's not of love is sin. Whatever the issue is that you're facing, you have the ability to put it off because you died to it. If you died to sin, you died to lust. Let it sink in. Why do, we, why do we say, well, that person's got this problem with lust because they have to, you know, deal with this thing. Listen, Jesus dealt with the problem. He's trying to get you to believe the answer so you could put off that junk. If you died to sin, you died to anger. If you died to sin, you died to selfishness. If you died to sin, you died to reacting evil, evilly, evilly. Is evilly a word? <laughs> if you died to sin... You died to lying. If you died to sin, you died to jealousy. If you died to sin, you died to unforgiveness. You don't have the right to walk in these things. If you could see who you are, it's not you. Well, you don't understand. This is where we go in our brains. I've seen it my whole life. I've seen it and it's created a pattern that I keep reproducing. Well, that's the whole reason Jesus sent a different pattern so you'd reproduce him. You don't look at what you've been through. You look at what he went through and said, it was enough. Let's believe it. Because your past can't stop you unless you give your past enough power to. And as long as you look at your past and say, but I can't, the I can't's going to stop you because Jesus said you can. So take the I can't and switch it for I can because he's in you and he's speaking. He's alive. There's no I can't that exists in his vocabulary. He says you can regardless of what you've seen. Regardless of who's treated you as ugly as they treated you and you just say you don't understand they i have the right to hold on to this no you don't understand you died to that and it's dead and you need to let it go oh if you really died to sin you died to anything that could hold you captive anything that the flesh would try to dictate in your life if you died to sin you have the ability to put these things off am i preaching okay if you really got set free from sin, I like how Richard said it, you got set free to love. If you're free from sin, you're free to love. I think it's going to stick, Richard. <laughs> We're going to make a little t-shirt. <laughs> Hallelujah, I'm free from sin and free to love. It doesn't matter what the issue is. I'm addicted to alcohol because my daddy drank, and so because he drank, I'm, just, I'm, I'm drawn to this. Listen to what I'm saying. There's a power that exists that's not you, because it's no longer you that live, but Christ that lives in you. So if you could put your faith in what he's given you, you could see that there's this wonder, wonder, working power in the blood of Jesus. My God, that gave you the ability to put off alcohol. Well, I've always seen it. It's always been a problem. I've had to do this. Quit talking like that. You don't have to, because if you died to sin, you died to alcohol. You're free from it. Put it off. Say no. Well, you don't understand. No, no, no. I don't think you understand. You're not going to win this debate with me because Christ set you free and I'm convinced of it. And I'm trying to get you to be convinced of it. Let the deception that has controlled you fall down that says, I have to. Because there's no I have to that exists in a born-again person's life. There's only I choose to. And if you choose to, you will. But if you could see who you are, the identity in Christ says, my God, he loves you. He sent his son for you. And the reason he sent his son for you was to put his son in you so that you could walk just like him. He loves us. 
Oh, and I think he's so mad that we've been lied to most of our lives by all these deceptions and doctrines that have told us that we can't be like Jesus. We're human. My God, you have the conqueror in you. The Bible says we are more than... Do you guys know the word, right? More than a conqueror, it alludes that there's some conquering already happening in your life. Because he conquered, put his life in you, and said, now be more. My God, let's do it. Anybody getting edified? If you died to sin, listen, reckon, reckon, come to a conclusion. Make up your mind to believe this. You don't understand the temptations I feel. Listen, temptations come to everyone. The gospel never said freedom looks like no temptation. The gospel says your faith is supposed to endure temptation. The faith of the gospel has been so watered down to, to be believing for a new car, which, listen, I'm all about it if you need a new car. We've got to believe God for a house now. I'm all about it if you need a house, but that wasn't the faith of the gospel. The faith of the gospel was that you would keep the faith that said you're a son of light and you should always be light no matter what temptation comes your way, no matter what persecution comes your way. If they try to get you to denounce Christ, you square your shoulders and you stand strong and you say, I keep the faith that Jesus died for. It's the faith of the gospel that endures unto the end that says I'm going to keep his commandments because I love him and I'm going to walk my whole life doing my best to always walk free from sin. Nothing can get me to stop that. That's the real faith of the gospel that we need back in the church so we could all have backbone again. I'm all about us believing for things, but that wasn't limited. That wasn't what the, most of these epistles, listen, read them. They're trying to get us to see something. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, 1 John 1, 3. Now are we the sons of God. Now are we the sons of God. Listen, everybody say, right now, I'm a son of God. Say, right now, I'm a child of God. It says, now we are the sons of God, and it doesn't appear what we shall be, because we know whenever we see him, that we'll see him as he is, and we'll be like him. But every man that has this hope in himself, you'll purify yourself knowing that you're a son of light, so you put off darkness. Now you're a son of light. Now you're a son of God. Now you're a child of holiness. Now you have the faith to put off anything that would get you to not be like Jesus because you are like Jesus because you're going home looking just like him. Oh, you're not going home to same old. You're going home to power, and it's resonated in you. Believe it. Oh, doesn't matter what it is. I've gone through so many temptations in my life and I've failed. I, I'd be the first to throw my bust that my past is littered with failure. And the reason my past was littered with failure is because I believed the lie. And the lie told me that I wasn't there yet. The lie told me that you'd got some type of progression that you need to grow to in the future that, so you can actually empower what's working in you. And so you got to get on this path that's a slow path. It takes your whole life and you got to just meticulously walk it little bits at times. But the whole time you're fumbling to sin, that conversation and language doesn't exist in the Bible. First John 1, 2 says, my little children, I write unto you that you would sin not. He's writing to little children there. Hello? If he's writing to little children, he's writing to the entire body of Christ. Amen. My little children, I write unto you that you would sin not. 
can we not see that we're not even bound to sin? So they would reinforce the position of your true identity that says you're free from sin. Put it off. Oh, I believe the lie that told me I couldn't. I'm weak. Oh, anybody that tells you you're weak, you run from them and say you're a liar. Christ liveth in me. I'm not weak. I'm strong. I don't care who it is. Anyone that alludes that you're too weak to overcome something in your life doesn't know God. Because someone that knows God's going to look you in the face and say, you're more than a conqueror. Let's buck up and do it. We got this. And it's not you. It's his strength. You can't do it on your own. That's why he put his son in us. It's the strength of the gospel that works by unmerited favor. That's the grace of God. It's teaching you to deny ungodliness and worldly lust and to live soberly and righteously right now. I'm excited. Can you tell? Doesn't matter. Whatever it is you're facing. I believe the lie for too long. Too long. Doesn't matter how old you are. Doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. If you are born again, the same life conquering source is in you and it works the same from someone that's young to someone that's old. It's Jesus Christ. It's faith in the Son of God. He's in you. And I believe the lie. I remember when before I was married, ooh, let's let's dig in here a little bit. Before I was married, you know, I me and my wife, I've known her since she was 15. <laughs> and thinking about, you know, when I met her having a little girl now, if me would have met her at 15 and I was her dad, I would have been like, you need to go somewhere else, boy. <laughs> Man, oh, I don't know what was going on there. <laughs> but I met my wife Lori and I was I was about 17. I had just gotten saved. And she was 15, you know, and, and you know, I, I was a man, so I had raging hormones. Can we own up a little bit and be honest? It's all right for men to have hormones, but it's not all right for them to utilize those hormones until you're married. Somebody say glory. <laughs> Fornication is sin, and it's not supposed to be allowed in the body of Christ. If you are single in this house today and you're not married, I plead with you to save yourself for who you're going to get married to. Don't believe the lie that you got to experiment and all the temptation that comes your way. Put it off. Hold yourself. Save yourself. It's the most precious thing that you could do for your spouse. I know I'm preaching good. There's no condemnation for anybody that didn't. Listen, I was a mess before I got born again, and I had already made tons of mistakes, but the people that haven't, don't do it. Amen? Well, I remember she was very attractive, you know, and my flesh would just light up when I was around her because the first thing I said when I saw her is, oh, my jaw dropped. (laughs) My God, she's beautiful. I love this girl. Well, I didn't really love her. I thought I loved her, but you don't really love someone instantly. Love, it's not love at first sight. You know, love is, it's really a choice that you decide to do every day. You don't fall in and out of love. Oh, hello. So much junk in the body of Christ that says, well, I'm no longer in love with you. That's a lie. Love's a choice the same way you walking in love is a choice. Because the devil's going to come and say, well, maybe you should just, you know, Something, they're not the same anymore. And so maybe you're really not in love with them. You hear those thoughts, you tell them to go back to hell where they came from. Hello? Don't get too quiet on me. Oh, I saw, so I met her and man, I was tempted to, you know, after a movie, it'd be 
9 o'clock at night, and, you know, that all the adults told me, don't get alone, you know, and my God, I would have wished I would have listened to their uh, wisdom. Because if you're single and you're not married and you get alone with the opposite sex and you're attracted to them, my God, it just boosts hormones and everything's headed for a train that's going straight to flames and it's not good. Somebody, you guys been there, huh? Somebody say glory. But so the movie ends, you know, and just by being a man, listen, there's nothing wrong with wanting to get intimate with the woman, but there's a prerequisite. You got to be married. You got to be willing to own up, be a man and take care of her the rest of your life. If you're not willing to do that, I don't think you're a man. Somebody say glory. glory. Oh, single girls in here, I don't know how many of you are, but if there's a guy that's trying to get with you and he's not willing to take care of you and commit, you should run away. They need to own up and just uh, <laughs> So the movie would be playing, you know, and my thoughts would start rolling. Remember how Richard said you got to stop it at the thought? Some good preaching there, because if you could ever stop the thought that comes, it tries to get you to sin, you cast it down and say, that's not me, I'm not going to do it. You don't have to do it. But we'd be at the movie, you know, I, I didn't listen to the wisdom of my elders, and so, man, I just got alone with her, and we went to a movie, and we're having a good time, it's good Christian dating, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and we're just hanging out, and it's good, everything's good, but all of a sudden it's getting late, you know, and I got to take her home, and my brain starts rolling this plan. Bing. Maybe we should park somewhere and just, just talk a little. Because <laughs> I really just want to get to know her a little more, you know. It starts off sweet and innocent, but it's not. Don't listen to these thoughts. They're from the devil. So I park, you know, and, you know, maybe I just want to slide my arm around her a little bit more, you know, and scooch her in a little bit closer. Oh, there should be some red flags going off already. Because that train's already rolling and man's thinking what he shouldn't be thinking. Somebody say glory. <laughs> but part of the reason why I let myself think these things and put myself in these situations is because I thought, listen, I thought that I was a problem. I thought that I had a problem. Because I had dealt with lust so heavy in my life. I'd been addicted to porn. I stopped watching it. But see, I, I looked at myself as, my God, I'm this big bag of lust. And, and I'm weak. And so I, I really have no strength to resist it. I need the Holy Spirit and some type of source to just come help me so I could eventually overcome this and do some work in me to change me. I need something to help me because I looked at myself as this vile, ugly, creepy, ugly, dirty bag of lust. So in the moment when I was being tempted, you know what I was given into? The thoughts that were reinforced that said, yeah, you are a bag of lust. This is all you can be until you learn how to eventually get there someday and not be that. But until then, you need a change. Oh, I know I'm digging in really good here because the truth of the gospel at that moment was I was already changed. I wasn't a bag of lust. I was a child of light. But the lies in my brain had told me, no, you're the problem that needs to be made the answer. So when we get in situations, we fail because we think we can't react as the answer because we don't have it yet. And so we give in to temptation thinking we were weak, we weren't strong enough. Obviously, I was addicted trying to become free. But if you're really born again, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus made you free from the law of sin and death. And if it made Nathan free from the law of sin and death, that means I was free from lust. 
But my brain was telling me because of false doctrine and deceptions and skewed identity was telling me, you have to give in because this is who you are. And it was a lie. But I couldn't see past it because I was drinking the poison and I'm here to eradicate the poison from your brain. Hallelujah. So I would end up doing things that I shouldn't because I believed a lie. Oh, and I'm so thankful for the day that lie got exposed. And I woke up and I said, I know that I'm not a bag of lust trying to become pure. The gospel says Jesus made me pure. Put off lust. You have the ability to say no right now. And then I realized what Richard taught last night, how my conscience worked. So the same situation would happen again. And, you know, I'm a child of light. I realize it now. I'm a son of light. And a son of light should only walk in the light. The son of light doesn't try to park and make out with his girlfriend. <laughs> oh, you guys are too stiff. Everybody go like this. <laughs> and so we're, the movie's over. It's, a, it's happening again after my, the light bulb's clicking. I'm being illuminated to the truth of the gospel. Once you're illuminated, you have to decide. You have to reckon. You have to come to the conclusion that you are dead. Everybody say dead. And so this is happening again, but I've grown in my understanding. I see how this is working. I see that I'm not lust trying to become free. I realize that was a lie. I realize I was made free the day I was born again. I should put off lust. So I'm heading to the, the movie, you know, and after the movie, the, pl the plan starts to roll again in my brain. But see, the last time I reacted the way that I shouldn't have because I bought into the lie that said I have no ability to say no because I'm weak. This time it happened, all of a sudden I identified I'm a child of light, and as soon as the thought came, my conscience, everybody say conscience, ooh, it started to flag me, red light started going like this, burn, 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 and this thought that's running into a plan that's working that says you should go park, scooch her closer, and start making out with her, maybe unbutton her shirt, somebody say glory, <laughs> All of a sudden, it starts getting flagged, and it's saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Why? Because conviction was bringing me back into identity that said, you're a child of light. Put off lust. You don't have to do it. Put it off. You're not weak now trying to become it in the future. You were made it the day you were got born again. So uphold the standard. Say no, because you can. Oh. I wish I would have known this when I was younger because I would have made a lot of more better decisions. No one's selling me short anymore. I know I don't have to sin, so my days of sin are over because I choose to be light everywhere I go. You can't change my identity. I'm a child of light because Jesus made me light and I put off the deeds of the flesh. You can't get me to sin. The only reason I sin now is because I willfully make a decision to choose to, but I don't do that anymore. Because I know who I am. Amen? So I didn't buy into the lie anymore. But once you're not buying into the lie, you have to make decisions. Anytime your conscience flags you, you feel convicted. You know, conviction brings you into identity. doesn't bring you into condemnation. 
So when I'm heading in the, the path of sin, my thoughts are telling me, you should do this, and I start to head that way. All of a sudden, the flags from within, they're gripping me, and they're telling me, don't do it. A son of light doesn't act like this. A son of light shouldn't do this. Take this thought captive and say no, but see, I had a decision to choose to reckon myself to be dead indeed unto sin and alive unto God, and if that was really true, then I would now start to walk in newness of life because it's who I was. Oh, and I started to, ooh, I'm sweating, this is good. I started to say no, because I knew who I was. See, I'm talking about lust, it could be anything. When I was stuck in traffic that one time, I told this the other night, man, I, I had a problem with Oklahoma drivers, because I just think they have a little less IQ going on in the brain. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have said that, I repent, Lord, we'll take that one back. Somebody say Glory. <laughs> So I'm driving along, and it's me and my wife. This, you know, we're married later on in life. And, and all of a sudden, this dude in this truck comes by, and he decides to just cut me off right about here to where I have to slam on my brakes. And if I don't, he's going to hit me and push me off the road. Oh, that made my blood boil. And I had a knife that I was carrying. And while this whole transaction, this, this thing that's happening is going on, my God, I start to rise up like I'm going to get this dude. But the second before I made a decision, I was flagged. Everybody say flagged. You see, flagged is a really good terminology because if you got a football game going on, you got the Atlanta Falcons playing the Denver Broncos, right? And they're at play. There's motion. The quarterback's going back to pass. He's trying to get it to the receiver, and everything's in motion. But the very second the referee takes that yellow flag out and throws it on the ground, what's supposed to happen? Everything stops. Well, your new nature, the who you really are, oh, it's a good referee. Oh, and it throws those yellow flags all the time. <laughs> so I'm getting my adrenaline worked up. I'm about to react. But all of a sudden, the new nature, let's say Christ in you, the perfect referee, man, he pulls out that flag and he throws it on the floor. And he says, stop. Don't do it. You're a child of love. And a child of love at this moment, even though you have every right to be mad at this guy because it wasn't right, would say, I bless you. <sighs> I love you. You can't take my peace because I'm peace everywhere I go, no matter what you do to me. You realize that they beat Jesus, right? He wasn't sitting there cussing them. Oh. They put him on a cross. He didn't sit there and spitefully spit poison at them and say, I curse you. He said, Father, forgive them. There's a heart there that's in you because Christ liveth in you where you could forgive everything that walks because Jesus is alive in you. Well, see that referee, Christ in me through the flag and I had a decision to make. I had to reckon myself to be dead indeed unto sin. I will not let sin reign in my mortal body. I'll make a decision to let righteousness push out of me by saying no, but that moment I didn't and I said, bet me, I'm not going to listen. I took that flag and I kicked it. <laughs> I pulled my knife out and I bloody screamed, bloody murder. I caught up to this dude at the light and I was screaming at him, holding my knife, saying, get off the car. Oh, if he would have got off the car, it wouldn't have been good. That wasn't okay. The only reason that happened was because I decided to override my identity and the conviction that was happening. And I said, I'm going to do it anyway. But I didn't have to because I was already loved. And love would have said, I'm letting this go. Oh, it happened a couple years later, almost the exact scenario. 
And this time when it happened, man, I said, forget it. Bless him. Oh, that same referee, Jesus hit me, threw that flag down. And I said, yes, sir, you're in charge of my life because I reckon myself to be dead indeed unto sin. I'm alive unto God. So now I'm going to walk in newness of life by proving and saying, I love you. I'm not going to react like that anymore. Oh, somebody say glory. Doesn't matter what it is, anger, lust. Oh, it could be that Netflix devil. Anybody seen the Netflix devil in here? <laughs> you know what the Netflix devil is, right? It's that thing that holds you captive to Hulu and having to press next when you're binge watching all those episodes and you're like 10 episodes in, you gotta get to the next season and it's almost like you're possessed and ah! Listen, I watched Lost when it first came out like three times all the way through. It was ridiculous. <laughs> You guys ever seen Lost in here? No? Well, a few of you have. I, I, I convinced Richard to watch it. <laughs> oh, man, the first time I was watching it, I felt convicted. Listen, when there's a play in motion, two teams are going at it. Everything's working. It looks like it's good. But the second the referee throws the flag, you're supposed to stop. The play's supposed to end right there. If you keep going, you know what happens. Everybody starts getting penalized. <laughs> oh, it's a good analogy. So I'm sitting there watching Netflix, you know, and I remember watching it. I, I, there was something about Lost that was just gripping my soul and pulling me in. And I was like, it's like a tractor beam. I can't not, not press play. <laughs> I got past the pilot episode. Listen, once you start the pilot episode, you've usually gone too far. <laughs> it sucked your whole soul in and you're like, ah! <laughs> oh, I got past that first pilot episode. Then all of a sudden I was like, I got to see what happens next. Let's just click that next button, boop, and it would play again. Oh, and it's just day in and day out for hours. Everybody say hours. Listen, I'm not telling you to not watch TV, but there could be something very controlling and demonic about that thing. You've got to be really careful about what you watch because I'm not condoning anything that solicits a lifestyle of sin. We shouldn't be watching that in the first place. We like to make excuses. Well, I'm not religious, so... I watch all this filth. Listen, I promise you, if Jesus was here, he wouldn't be watching it. But there's a big problem. Jesus is here. He's in you watching it with you. What are you subjecting him to? Oh, you will stand before him and give an account for your life. But the good news is you could give a good account for your life because he made you like him to not do these things. We're supposed to have boldness on the day of judgment because we know as he is, so are we. And we walk like him, so when we stand before him, we come willfully into that place saying, I know I did my best. If you don't do your best with it, you're not going to have boldness when you stand before him. You're going to be afraid. You're not supposed to be afraid. You're supposed to know that you did everything. Everybody say everything. That you did everything in your power to walk as much as you could like the son and daughter that you are. And you stand before him and he's going to say, well done. You made me proud. Oh, I was binge watching Lost, you know, and <laughs> the play seemed good. I'm hamming out my pepperoni pizza and just chugging on some type of, you know, soda or something. And I'm just in front of the TV. And it's great. Me and my wife, it's fun, you know. It's but all of a sudden, the play's playing and the referee throws the flag. Oh, but I didn't like it this time. <laughs> I don't like that flag sometimes. Sometimes we don't agree with the flag right away, but you should. The flesh wants to do what it wants to do, but you're supposed to take your flesh and subject it to who you are. So the flag is thrown, and all of a sudden I'm feeling convicted about watching Lost. 
oh, I didn't like that. So I kicked that flag out the way. <laughs> oh, I know I'm preaching good because y'all are like, man, I've done that too. <laughs> Every time we do that, we're taking the identity of who we are and shoving it down and saying, I'm not going to walk like you today, Jesus. It's not okay. Oh, I binged watch Lost the whole season. <laughs> Got all the way through it. Knew that I wasn't supposed to. I felt convicted. It was like, oh, don't do it. That flag was just, Jesus kept throwing it. Stop. Red light going off. Stop. I wouldn't do it. Because you have to reckon yourself to be dead indeed into sin. Make a decision to see yourself dead. See yourself alive. But then make the willful decision to obey that which is working in you. Well, I went on to watch it a whole nother time. <laughs> two times. Everybody say two times. So we got two times into it. Man, I just said, I have to watch this again. And this was in an interval of a few years. It wasn't like it was back to back. But I knew the first time that I shouldn't have done it all the way through. Then I did it again. I, I'm getting ready to, you know, I'm the Netflix screen. And it's got the big play button. And that's where I say the little red Netflix devil gets involved. <laughs> he starts whispering in your ear. My God, this is going to be good. <laughs> just press play and the tractor beam starts again oh, I don't want to do it but all of a sudden I'm being drawn to it and Jesus throws the flag down and he says no but I said bet me and I kicked the flag out the way and I did it anyways that is sin it's not okay because you're looking at a child of light that understands his identity that was saying I don't want to walk like that right now we can't do that we don't we can't afford to think like that you are a child of light. Believe it, see it, and be obedient to who you are. Trust me, it'll be worth it. I know I'm preaching really good. Somebody say glory. glory. I kicked that flag out the way, and we got all the way through it again. Oh, and I felt so convicted. My heart was heavy. This is the flip side of identity. You have to obey your conscience. If you don't obey your conscience, you're not going to walk in as a child of light. Two times in. Everybody say two times. Oh, I wish I would have said, say, I would like to say it stopped there, but then all of a sudden I was tempted to do it again. <laughs> three times. Everybody say three. Three long hours of just grievous disobedience to who I was because I was making the decision to override the flags that were being thrown. I know a lot of us have been there. I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm trying to show you how this works. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Because I repented, I did. I'm to the point now where I don't want to watch anything because I don't want anything going into my mind that's against the kingdom of God. Ugh. I'm not telling you to do that, but I know how some negativity can affect your soul fill our brains with filth and then we keep failing and we wonder why well you're feeding the problem got to be careful what you let up here because you can't forget what you see hello <laughs> i repented i'm thankful for the blood of jesus because when you ask the blood of jesus to forgive you he'll wash you and he'll cleanse you but see, he brings you back into identity and he reminds you that you are free from all sin. Every single time the referee throws that flag, every single time Jesus throws the yellow flag, every single time you feel convicted in your heart, say no. Be obedient. Take what you have and win because you can. 
Oh, it doesn't matter what you're going back home to for that, what you think you've always been bound to. Believe the gospel that says you're not bound. You're free from sin. You have the ability to say no. You're a child of light. Let's reckon ourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. Let sin be whatever it is that you've been struggling and failing with. You're dead to that. It's not you. You're a child of light. Put it off. It's not you. It's not your identity. Your identity says that you were darkness, but now you're a child of light. So walk in the light because it's who you presently are, not who you're going to become. It's who you were made. The gospel isn't about becoming like Jesus one day. It's about he put you to death, made you a new creature so that you could be that right now. Why do you think he's going to give us a new name? Because you're not even you anymore. <laughs> I'm going to get a new name someday and I'll find out what my real name is because I'm not Nathan anymore. Nathan died and it's Christ that lives in Nathan. Somebody say glory. Oh, let's all stand. Let's all stand. Hallelujah.